And to Jesus be all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and the praise belongs to our wonderful Redeemer, to whom is all the glory. His is the praise. Thank you for joining me today, this beautiful Tuesday. As I continue my teaching, how to live a life of power, how to have the power of God in your life continually. Like what's the secret of the power of God? And I'm talking about the power of God in your life and in my life. I want to read something for you in just a moment that is so profound, so powerful and really life-changing. I pray that the Lord will use what I'm going to read for you from John Newton. It's only about a few minutes long that I'm going to read. It's just so life-changing. This had such an impact on me when I heard it. And I just got to share it with you. Because it is the secret, it is the secret of the presence of God remaining in our life. It's the secret of being strong. It's the secret of finishing well in the Lord. Blessed Jesus, I give you praise for what you're going to show us today. And Lord, I pray that you will use what I'm going to read today that will truly bless your people in a very powerful way. For your wonderful name's sake, dearest Jesus. Amen. This is going to really minister to you in a very powerful way. Um, and I'm playing some beautiful worship music because I believe that the Lord will use that to really touch you in a very special way today. John Newton was the man who wrote uh, Amazing Grace, that we all know the song Amazing Grace. He says, I am sure I cannot endure to the end. So this is a message he preached back in the 1800s. And he gives the scripture from Jeremiah 30 to 40. He says, I will put my fear in their hearts so they will never turn away from me. That's God's promise. And then he says, Jesus, to whom I have been led to commit myself, has engaged to save me. Absolutely. And from first to last, he has promised. Not only that he will not depart from me, but that he will put, keep, and maintain his fear in my heart so that I shall never finally depart from him. And if he does not do this for me, I have no security against my turning apostate. For I am so weak, inconsistent, and sinful. I'm so encompassed with deadly snares from the world. And I'm so liable to such assaults from the subtlety, vigilance, 
and power of Satan, that unless I'm kept by the power of God, I'm sure I cannot endure to the end. I do believe that the Lord will keep me while I walk humbly and obediently before him. But while this all, it would be called comfort. For I'm prone to wonder and need a shepherd whose watchful eye, compassionate heart, and boundless mercy will pity, pardon, and restore my backsliding. For though by his goodness and not by my own, I've hitherto been preserved in the path of holiness, yet I feel those evils within me which would shortly break loose and bear me down to destruction. Were he not ever present with me to control them? Those who comfortably hope to see his face in glory, but depend upon their own watchfulness and endeavors to preserve themselves from falling, must be wiser, better, and stronger than I am. Or at least they cannot have so deep and painful a sense of their own weakness and vileness as daily experience forces upon me. I desire to be found in the use of the Lord's appointed means for the renewal of my spiritual strength. But I dare not undertake to watch a single hour, nor do I find the ability to think a good thought, nor a power in myself of resisting any temptation. My strength is perfect weakness, and all I have is sin. In short, I must sit down in despair if I do not believe that he who has begun a good work in me will carry it out to completion. Hold me up, and I shall be safe. Psalm 119, verse 117. This is one of the most powerful things I've read in years. Of a mighty man like John Newton, who was so dependent upon the Lord to keep him, that he did not trust himself to keep himself. And how true, how weak we all are, really. You know, we try and we fail. And he came to the conclusion, hold me up and I shall be saved, Lord. Because I can't hold myself up, dear Jesus. So moving, so powerful, so real. So today I want to continue talking about how do we surrender? How do I surrender to the Lord where I completely trust Him to hold me up so I would not fall? The Bible says, Now unto Him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us blameless before His glorious throne. To the only wise God, to whom belongs the glory. He is the only one who can keep us. 
He saved us. We did not save ourselves. He found us. We did not find him. He loved us before we ever knew him. Before we loved him. So, being that the Lord is the one who searched for us and found us, saved us, cleansed us, and loved us, will he not also keep us? Will he not also give us the strength to endure and the very desire to surrender daily? You know when the Lord said in Matthew 16, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. What did he mean by deny himself? I believe it also meant not to depend upon yourself. Because like Paul said, there is no good in my flesh, O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of destruction? Like I shared with you yesterday where Paul said, For to will is present with me, but to perform, I can't find it. We all want to love the Lord. We all want to serve the Lord. We all want to walk with Him. But we are so daily distracted by the world. We're attacked, we're tempted. We easily look to the world. Because we are weak. Like John Newton wrote, inconsistent in our commitment. And I think the greatest danger is when we depend on our strength. I mean, think about how many times you said... I'm going to pray today and seek the Lord today and I'm going to fast hard. And then you failed. You could not carry it through. Or you began and gave up because of the weakness of the flesh. Or you read the Bible and halfway you fall asleep because you can't stay awake. But you mean well. You really want to read the word you really want to hear from the Lord but the flesh fights you the distractions of life come at you and pull you away from God's presence it happens to all of us well we can't just go to some monastery and lock ourselves in some place in the desert and think this will help us like some have in the past where they wanted God so badly and they wanted to escape from the world so badly they just became monks or they became, you know, people who lived in a cave believing that this could help them find God. Well, that's not what the Bible says. All we have to do as believers daily surrender to the Lord. It's a daily walk. It's a moment by moment walk. It's an hour by hour walk with the Lord. So let's talk about this. And let's look for the answer. 
Believe me, I found it. I cannot give you what I don't have. I cannot give you what I have not learned. And it's not even something we learn on our own. Because God himself does the work within us. Do you, do you remember what I shared yesterday about Philippians 2.13? It is God which worketh in you both to will. Oh, thank you, Lord. Both to will. He gives us the will. It's not our own will. Both to will and to do. And to do his good pleasure. Now, this is so precious. You know, people sometimes focus on verse 12 rather than 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So they want to make it happen. They have to work it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And they begin believing it's something I have to do. It's something I have to work at. But they don't realize that they can't do it anyways. Can you really work out your salvation? Let's just be real, you and I. Can you really work out your salvation? Through the flesh, I mean. Can you really work, work it out? And it says, with fear and trembling. Can you really uh, produce fear? In the flesh, I mean. Can you produce some kind of awe in the flesh? No, it's impossible. Because God said, I will put my fear in you. In Jeremiah. I will put my fear in you that you will not depart from me. I will put my word in you. And Jesus gave us the secret. He said, abide in me. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, you abide in me. Because if you don't abide in me, there's nothing you can do for he said without me without me you can do nothing so the Christian life is a life of surrender daily it's not about singing I surrender all it's a life of surrender daily to the Lord and today we're really having a a heart to heart talk it's not just a teaching it's also an in-depth you know one-on-one heart to heart talk about how do I surrender You know, I remember Catholic woman just saying, just yield to the Lord. I did not even know how to yield to the Lord. Like, how do you do that? When I was 19 and 20 years old. But slowly God began to show me that I had to become like a child. In the spirit, I mean, become like a child. That I completely trust Him. And every promise he gave me. Like a child. What I can't carry myself. I can't live the Christian life by myself. Now, all of us like Peter. 
the apostle. You know, we start we start with uh, a, a true commitment. You know, so when you look at Peter, you know, the apostle, you see yourself in him. I see myself in him because he begins his Christian life with incredible great self-confidence Lord I'm going to live the Christian life I am going to follow you I give you my promise I'm going to serve you we all begin like that like when we pray the prayer of salvation even in the, in the beginning Lord I give you my life I want to follow you I want to serve you I want to love you I want to know you we mean it we mean every word But like Peter the Apostle, we're honest. Uh, We mean what we say. We're determined to be the best Christian we can be. But along the way, after we begin living the Christian life, we find how impossible it is to live it on our own strength. We find how impossible it is to obey the simplest commandments like love your enemies. Or do good to them who despitefully use you and hate you. So you make the commitment, Lord, I'm going to serve you. And then something comes up like an enemy begins to attack you. And everything in you now wants to fight. Yet the Lord says, love your enemy. Pray for them. Pray for them who hate you. Falsely accuse you. But, well, that's really tough in the flesh, isn't it? It's really hard when someone begins to attack you and attack your family. Attack your ministry. Attack your love for the Lord call you names, terrible names. How do you handle that? So here's what happened with me. When I got in the ministry, um, I think that was the first time in my life that I began to realize that there are enemies out there, like bad ones, you know. Who wanted really, who wanted to hurt, really hurt me physically. I think some of them wanted to kill me and thinking by killing me they would do God's service, you know. I began getting threats. 90 threats in one year back in the 90s. I thought, they're God. And then I would read my Bible and the Lord said, forgive them. And I would, you know, in my heart I wanted to and I'd say, oh Lord, I forgive him. But I couldn't feel it because the next day there were more threats. More nasty things said. And now I'm almost 70 years old. And I look back at my life. And I've seen something. That changed about five years ago. When I stopped. Watching television. When I disconnected from the world I've never had such peace in my life like the last five years can you believe that I'm saying that to you 
It's like a tranquility I found in my soul. I never knew existed. And now I spend more and more time with the Lord. And I spend more and more time in His wonderful Word. Because I want to finish strong, you know. I want to finish stronger than when I began. And, and I've discovered if I just give it to Him on a daily basis, whatever comes against me, I say, Lord, I put it in your hands. And that one-on-one, that looking within, if you should ask Chad a question, he's right here, because I can't tape this without him. What did you learn from Benny here? And he would say, Pastor Benny told, taught me how to look within. Isn't that right, Chad? 100%. 100%. And, and, and did that not give you peace? He said he found the Lord he never thought possible. In a way. In, yeah. Because see, it's about surrender. So Peter said, okay, I'm going to be the best Christian. But along the way he, he discovered it's really impossible to love your enemies when they attack you. Or when people do nasty things against your, your family. When they attack your children. When they call you names. When they create stories against you. I mean, here is Peter, you know, who left his business, his father, and followed the Lord, who walked on water, who was able to say to the Lord, you're the Son of God, you're the Messiah. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my father. But he was lacking one thing. Peter did not understand That it's not what you say when he said, I'm ready to go and die with you, Lord. Because he said, I would never deny you, but he failed. So, what is the secret? Okay, here it is. And I know you've read that, but maybe, maybe somehow along the way, you did not get the full power of this word I am the vine Jesus said you are the branches he that abides in me and I in him he that abides in me and I in him that's a oneness that's a fellowship the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me you can nothing now he said something powerful he that abides in me you know, when, when we begin our Christian life, we begin with Jesus is in my heart. But along the way, we say, I am in his heart now. I'm in him. And that's what Paul the Apostle brought to the church in Christ Jesus. The message in Christ Jesus came through Paul's writings in the epistles. And Jesus mentioned that, the Lord mentioned that in John, when he prayed, Father, I would that they, whom thou who has given me, be with me where I am, that they may be one as we are one, I in them, thou in me. He talked about that oneness that I just read here in John 15 that he also mentioned to us. 
If a man abide not in me, he is he is cast forth as a branch. So we can't live the Christian life if we're not abiding. And abiding doesn't mean visiting. This is very important. Because some people believe that I can go into the presence of God and then they miss the next day. And then they miss. And what, what ends up happening is they can't abide because they're not consistent with that fellowship with the Lord. It's daily fellowship that keeps us surrendering to the Lord. It's receiving the life of the vine. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And then he said, without me, you can do nothing later in this chapter. Well then, he's asking something very simple of us. The branch has no responsibility except to receive sap and nourishment from the vine. You and I have no responsibility. So when someone says, work out your salvation, they think about, oh, I'm responsible to work it out. Yet it is God who gives us the will and the doing his pleasure. How? Jesus told us. He said, abide in me. It's not your responsibility. It's my responsibility to do the work through you. Well, Lord, then what is, what is my, my responsibility? Dependence. Just trust me. Just trust me. Because the vine is doing the work. The branch enjoys the fruit. He said we're going to bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit in this chapter. So the dependence upon the Lord, total dependence upon the Lord, total surrender to the Lord is the secret of continual power and continual blessing. So really, it's self-sacrifice. It's myself being sacrificed to the Lord. And self-sacrifice is the law of the universe. Is the foundation upon which my Christian life is built. So daily we surrender. Daily we say, Lord, I'm yours. I can't live my life on my own. I can't pray on my own. I can't even read the word on my own. Because when I do it on my own, I end up falling asleep halfway and I can't even carry through. But if you quicken me, then I'm able to read the word. If you quicken me, then I'm able to talk to you. And that's why I think it's so important to wait upon the Lord. Because it says, wait upon the Lord and he will give you strength. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Because they began to understand, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Like David said, wait, I say again, wait. Well, wait means wait. Wait means you sit in the presence of God and you wait for him to quicken you before you utter a word. 
to quicken you before you pray, to quicken you before you serve Him, before you live for Him. It's that daily surrender that brings the power of God in our life. It's not where we rush in and rush out, because that's not abiding, that's visiting. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come unto me doesn't mean visit me. It means come and stay. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come and be in my presence. Come stay in my presence. Come and be quiet in my presence. Stop watching the world. Stop being involved in the affairs of this life. Stop being affected by what people say against you and about you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I think this is the secret, the secret for power, that it is in this song. I began with this song when I began teaching today. So let's pray. Father, bring them to that place. Bring them to that place of quietness, that place of beauty, that place of comfort in the Holy Ghost. And that place of strength, like your servant John Newton said, that you will hold us up because we can't hold ourselves up. Now, Lord, every one of them, I pray, will experience your sweet presence daily. Oh, dear Jesus, yes, Lord, cause them to come to you Give them the desire to surrender and serve you with beauty and your power. And now minister to them. Let your presence become real today in their life and through them. Meet every need. Meet every need in their spirit, in their emotion and soul, in their bodies. Touch and heal them, I pray. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for your love and thank you for the assurance that you've given us. Give you the praise. Our precious Lord, we serve. Thank you for letting me come to your home today. Thank you for letting me spend time with you. It's time now to give to the Lord's work because giving is important. In this hour, it's more important than ever before. Because giving of our finances to the Lord not only keeps the ministry strong, and it does, but it keeps you safe. It keeps you blessed. And God will not ever disappoint you, will not ever forsake you, will not ever forget you when you have a problem financially 
Because see, we give out of trust. We give out of love. We give out of being grateful for all the Lord has given us. Now, no one, you know, people say, well, I don't have any money. No, you do though. You have money to eat. You have money to buy the clothes you need. Maybe you don't have what you used to have. But if you begin to depend upon the Lord for finance, you will see things begin to multiply. Pastor Young Cho just went to be with the Lord a few weeks ago, and I remember when he told me years ago about when he began his church in Seoul, Korea. His people were poor, and he began teaching about giving and tithing, and they began to bring their vegetables and vegetation because most of them were farmers. And he said famine hit the country. And the only people that were not affected by the famine were those who were, who were giving to the Lord their fruits and vegetables. They would bring fruits and vegetables to church on Sunday because they didn't have money to give. So when the famine hit, the, the, many people could not get food and such and such, but the only ones who had been giving their fruits to the Lord, their farms stayed producing. And they began selling their produce. And they became quite wealthy. And he, he said to me later, he, he said, all those people that had, that could not give me, give, give the Lord money and gave fruits and, and vegetables became millionaires later and built that biggest church in the world. It was built by people who used to give fruits and vegetables. So we begin with what we have. We begin with what we have. So give the Lord what you have and watch what he'll do with it if you believe his word. Because faith is important with this. When we give, we just wrap our seed with faith and say, Lord, I'm trusting you to meet my needs financially and I'm trusting you for my future financially. So do it now and watch what God will do with your life financially. Lord, bless them as they obey you, prosper them as they give and sow seed in your work. In your precious name, I give you praise. Amen. All right, you can sow right now. Dubainian Ministries. You can do it right on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benhin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. And tomorrow I'm going to have another teaching for you. I'm going to let the Lord lead me because it's important, I think, to hear the Holy Spirit, what He has to say in this hour for all of us. So I'll see you tomorrow. And thank you for being my wonderful family. Bye-bye.